How are you? I'm good. My um my temperature is uh normal for me. Normal. It doesn't mean that it's normal. It just means for me that your it's version normal. of normal. It's my version of normal because I will never be normal again after this life. What do we do? We even know what normal is at this point? No, I don't. I don't know yeah. what normal is. I mean, I do. Like, I'm like, what? You've never had. You don't call your healthcare provider to get your husband baclofen? What's wrong with you? <laughs> you don't have to fight for this stuff. Oh my gosh! What? You don't have to watch your toes when a wheelchair goes by. <laughs> What is wrong with you? How do you not know these things? How do you not know what how a hospital bed works? Exactly. I know. Well, how's your temperature? My temperature is, you know, today, I'm gonna say it's today it's good. I'm I've not had good temperature. I've been kind of low, but today is actually a good day. So my temperature is normal. My version of normal. Your version of normal, which yeah. Everybody's version of normal is different, you know. Well, Tom had a birthday this week, so we celebrated his birthday 69 years, more than 13 years with ALS. Wow. wow. He's amazing. Uh-huh. And we got, you know, he's so diabetic, you know, maybe for our listeners, like if they're dealing with diabetes, maybe they even they have diabetes. I don't know. He's on, I gave him 60 units of short acting insulin the other day, and I almost had a heart attack myself pushing it. And I was like, oh my God, my thumb's <laughs> me. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to have to stop. My thumbs need a break because those who don't know, I have one thumb that has had one one joint removed and the other one could be removed anytime I wanted. That's how icky it is. And then I thought at the same time, I was like, and like, that's a lot of insulin. And man, after Thanksgiving dinner, that has just insulin, his glucose just kept shooting up. So I probably could have given him 70. Wow. I know, but it it's a gateway to freedom for food for him, which is good. He's a super foodie when it comes especially to savory tasting foods. He doesn't, he's not a spicy kind of guy with for foods. I mean, he's spicy, come on, but he's not spicy for foods. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> we call him that, we call him Sparky. Those I know, he's not going to be Sparky anymore. He's going to be spicy. Mr. Spicy. Yeah, spicy Sparky. And he <laughs> loves his sweets. He loves his sugar. And so his primary- As I know, I was a good contributor to his diabetic coma when I sent him cupcakes. Yeah, those beautiful cupcakes. And so he's green lighting them so we can just anticipate what he needs. And, you know, I think in some ways, this is the beginning of end of life planning in some way. Yeah. Him because you should really get the things you want when you have a terminal disease and there's nothing that can be done about it. You know, does it mean he'll die sooner? Like, I don't know. Nobody knows that. He could eat yeah. like green beans every day, all day for the next three years and still die on the same day he would die with ALS, whatever. So, yeah. And we're not making light of diabetes, but I think what we're showing is that, you know, in your case, you have to, you have to you're dealing with the cards being dealt. So what's going to kill him, ALS or diabetes? Do you let him enjoy the foods he can have now while he can still eat? Because we all know at some point in an ALS diagnosis, you will come to the point where you can no longer eat or drink for the most part. And do you allow him to have those pleasures in life and you just offset it with his insulin? 
which I think is great. I would do that for Tom if it was she's wearing the other foot for us. And it's, you know, as clear as pancreas isn't working anymore. It doesn't yeah. put any insulin on its own. So yeah, it's a really, and in the same appointment where we had this big powwow about Tom, Tom, the primary care doctor and myself, um, and just a little side note for our listeners as well. Tom and I have the same primary care doctor because when we moved here 10 years ago to Wilmington, I decided that would be a good idea for me because I felt like my doctor would then know about the kind of stresses that I was experiencing and um, he would act accordingly with my health. He would be have a different level of understanding as opposed to just telling him he sees it in action. And so it's been very successful for me. And um, so we were in this meeting where we were talking about all these things for Tom and with the diabetes and how to manage it without using the term end of life type of planning. And at the same time, we um, did his DNR. So, you know, there was all those, there was that heaviness of that, but then we also did talk so much about what good quality of life there is for Tom. And so, so long as he can keep eating. So it's just, he, he should have the things he wants and will manage it with his insulin. Then try to keep his A1C at a reasonable number. And still enjoys life. So he did. He had like, I don't know. He had a lot of cupcakes on his birthday and he's not done. It's coming on Saturday. Katie's making him a, she'll make him a cake from scratch with, for me, gluten-free flour to adjust for my problems. And it'll be, I'll take some pictures. It'll be really delicious. And he, he will love every bit of it. And I took him out for his birthday, which I shared on um, X, which formerly Twitter, um, and we've gotten a lot of likes on it. I showed a picture of us there and celebrated his birthday. And he was so funny because he never does anything like this. But he said to the waitress that today was his birthday. Really? <laughs> yeah. She she gave him a piece of chocolate cheesecake. I took a bite of it. And man, it was really good. Fabulous. Oh, yeah. And then he ate it all. So he was so happy. If you could, if our listeners could see how happy he was, you would be cheering on his primary care doctor for really opening that gate for him to feel yeah. like he could eat without feeling like he's ruining himself. He's already, ALS has already done so much to him as it is, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's great. I saw the picture and yes, he was such a big, wonderful smile on his face. And that's how it should be. You should be able to enjoy the days that you can because it's sometimes it's hard to squeak out joy when you're dealing with a terminal disease it takes a lot of effort so i'm glad happy birthday tom enjoy that but keep it common man more cake on saturday so yeah tomorrow tomorrow saturday so yeah the holidays how'd you do through the holidays thanksgiving thanksgiving Yeah. yeah thanksgiving was we kept it quiet we kept it just trey and i and we didn't do anything crazy. It was, it was nice. I think it's what I needed mm-hmm. uh, leading up to, to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was in a space to do a lot of family or a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So we kept Thanksgiving pretty, pretty quiet. What about you? Well, it can be, I think it can be hard to mix with people where at least from the outside looking in, things look pretty good for other people. 
when you're in the ALS current life or, or the past life, it's it's tough because you're carrying a big emotional load. Mm-hmm. So we did um, we t- did a takeout dinner from a nice restaurant here. They handled it really well. At times of pickups and stuff, the food was delicious. I didn't at all miss cooking, and I it was good. It was it was good. Not every holiday is really good, and I think eventually, if you live with all this long enough, you just you figure out what works for you. I don't know that you can have a. I can't give anybody a prescription for how it works, but yeah, I mean, you know, previous thing like last Thanksgiving, our first Thanksgiving after Tom passed, we did it with my family, and it was really nice to be with family. I'm not going to lie, but it was also very hard because it was also the first Thanksgiving um, that I had spent with my family without Tom because Tom has been in my life since I was 19 years old and that's a long time. So, but this year it was what we needed. And, you know, even before he died while he was sick, Thanksgiving was just another day. It, it wasn't even a big deal that, you know, we had neighbors that would bring us a Thanksgiving meal. But for us, the day was just another day. It's Groundhog's Day. Sometimes when you're a caregiver to someone that needs a lot of help. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it was, it was good that we kept it quiet this year. Plus, you know, you're, you're right. It can be sad. And, and sometimes I don't even want to be around my sad ass and I don't want to inflict <laughs> that on other people. Um, so I just get through the best way I know how, and that is typically just, um, curling up with my puppies and binge watching some television. And I do, um, for the most part, I avoid the social media on holidays um, because even though, you know, like social media is not like really real, all like not everybody's always smiling and having a good time. And all all the pictures are probably very perfect pictures of the table that was set. (laughs) Yeah, um, I agree. I did. I did avoid social media leading up the days leading up to Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, mainly because I honestly didn't want to see all the happy, smiling faces because I wasn't a happy, smiling face myself. Yeah. But it wasn't like you were um, despondent. You were just, no, I just think of peace for yourself. I was protecting myself. And I think that's sometimes what has to happen. And, and that will be exactly what I do with Christmas coming up is I will probably start taking a, a step back from social media and and just get through Christmas the best I can. Honestly, for Christmas, we're faking it till we make it. But last year we didn't do anything. It was just too hard. And this year I actually have the tree up. Um, more uh, Christmas stuff has come up. Am I fully in the Christmas spirit? Not really, but I'm trying to tell myself I am. Did you do an upside down Christmas tree? I did. I think this is going to be the last year. My poor upside down Christmas tree is, is um, lost some of its light. So I had to string in extra lights and there's some branches falling off. And so far our listeners, when Tom was diagnosed that first year, we had, we had just bought a brand new Christmas tree, but my son had seen an upside down tree and said, Hey mom, we should get an upside down tree because that is our life, which is pretty, you know, a, it's pretty interesting to hear, you know, a 13, 14 year old say that. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't do the upside down tree, but we did get one. And so for the following year, 
we've put an upside down tree and that's kind of the tree that we've used as a transitional traditional Christmas, which is how we did our ALS years is we did transitional Christmas, uh, transitional holidays, because I knew that when Tom passed the tradition of all of our holidays would be very hard. Cause I'm a very traditional girl. I love traditional, you know, stuff. And I knew that would be hard. So we actually did um, the upside down tree. We even did like a palm tree Christmas tree one year yeah. for Tom, just to make it different. Mm -hmm. And this year, while we still have the upside down tree, we use a lot of our ornaments from Christmas past. And for our family, we've always just purchased one ornament a year. And so really when you put the ornaments on the tree, it's the story of our life and our history as a family. So this year, as I was pulling the ornaments out, it was hard. It was hard pulling out these ornaments and thinking and remembering where I got them and what they represented because they will either represent like a vacation we did or a place that we were, you know, we went to or um, what we were into that year. So it was, it took me a lot longer to put my ornaments up this year. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of tears with putting the ornaments up, but there's also now I can stand back and smile. And those memories do bring a smile. Mm -hmm. So no, I, I try to shift my thought. I think that transition for everybody is so different too. I'm sure, you know, people listening, thinking, well, that's not how I would do it or yeah. I'm going to do it. And, you know, and like, we're not here to tell anybody to how to do anything really, just, just how we did it. And how we do do it. And maybe there's pieces of what we've done that resonate with you and, you know, help you feel better about it. I, it's hard. It's hard for me to feel like ALS has ruined Christmas and holidays for us because really when he got sick so early in the 1990s, that ruined everything for us. That ruined so many holidays for us. Yeah. And that first year he got sick, um, which was October, 1993. And he was, just so ill and by the time we got to Christmas he was on IV antibiotics he was he was on short-term disability he was still months away from even I was even thinking social security disability it was like a, I don't even probably wasn't even a conscious thought on my part I was I was too young to know about any of that really and um or to even think about it we had he had a long-term care policy but we wouldn't even know if that would be approved until after Christmas. And so he was on short-term disability and his company for a while made up some of that paycheck form and we were gonna run out of insurance. It was really such a shitty Christmas Yeah, for me. And I still remember driving to, we lived like not in the country, but we lived not too far from West Point. So it was, was kind of hilly and really quite beautiful there. And the mall was about, half an hour 40 minutes away and I had to go shopping for the kids I had to get them something I had to get them some stuff because they did they couldn't comprehend what was happening they were nine and ten years old and so so I got my credit card and I was like screw it I'm just gonna have to buy some kids stuff for the kids and so I did I bought them some stuff and then actually one of the I don't even think that Kate knows us but like one of the I bought her a stuffed animal because it was on sale at JCPenney 
right? So it probably looked really good to me then. I don't, I'm not really sure what my thinking was because she was nine, but it's like a teddy bear for a kid, probably really. And I got it. We still have it upstairs. Um, and she loved it. Obviously, she still has it today, you know, but it just was, it was so hard. I bought as many gifts as I could wrap under a hundred dollars. Wow. Put on a credit card. So it would look like, wow, Santa really came and left a lot of presents, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was hard. I don't, I don't remember what I made for Christmas dinner. I know it snowed a lot. It snowed a ton. When it wasn't snowing, we had ice storms that winter. So when I think of like the most difficult Christmas that we we ever had as a family and the Tom and I ever had together was that Christmas. There was a feeling of what is the future? What are we even looking at here? There's no computers, really. There's no, there's no internet then. So you couldn't even look up, like, what does this future look like for us? We just had a hope that um, his disability company would come through, which they didn't, by the way. So good I didn't know that that day. I wouldn't have liked it very much. Yeah. So I think, you know, when we think about times in our lives, like if you're somebody's listening and they're, they come across our podcast and they're living with newly diagnosed, maybe they're going to have that Christmas, just like I did all those kind of feels, they were hard feels. And I, I probably, I could still, if I wrote about it, I probably could make you cry because it was that hard to see the kids and to know that whatever we did in the year before was not what was happening this year. And then I don't have any idea what the next year is going to be. I'm just going to be happy to get to New Year's. Oh, and then we had, this is, this is kind of a funny story about that time. There should be at least one funny story in my life for every sad moment. Yeah. We, I went to the fire department and I got um, a Christmas tree. I had the kids with me and it was a volunteer fire department. And uh, they said, okay, we'll deliver it for you. And I was like, okay, great. Cause I really can't take this home. <laughs> the top was home with an IV sick as could be. And they said, no, 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 we'll bring it. We'll bring it to your house. You know, it's just a town of Cornwall, just the sweetest little town. So they bring it in and they stand it up and they're like, do you have a tree stand? And I was like, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Cause I didn't really even didn't know any of that stuff. And I was like, I don't know. I guess so. I'll look for it. We'll put it in. Don't worry about it. We'll put it in. So, so they leave and Sean and I, 10 years old, we're putting the tree in there and we think we have it pretty good. We get it all decorated. And then like 11 o'clock at night, I go to bed and I hear this huge crash. Oh no. <laughs> the whole tree went, flew right over. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know Tom would have tied that tree to the wall. Yep. <laughs> That's what he would have done. But no, not me. And then Sean ended up getting sick with like an unbelievable asthma attack. And it was from the pine needles that he was allergic to pine needles, we found out later on. And so I'm giving him a nebulizer treatment under the blankets, you know, midnight and Tom's really sick. And I thought, things have to get better. (laughs) Things will get better. And you know, and they did. And they did because the kids woke up happy because they didn't know all of that. I didn't, I didn't share a lot of that with the kids because I didn't have anything to tell them. It wasn't like I had a concrete thing like, oh, dad's brain isn't going to function again for the rest of our life. I mean, I didn't know anything. So how do you tell kids that stuff, right? You just, yeah. so if you have a clear diagnosis of ALS and your kids already know it, then you really have to work through that. Like, you know, find the words to share with them and 
find the joy for them because in the end, that's what happened. We we found the we made stuffed shells for dinner. Kate said, what would be our tradition? And I said, let's make up one. We could make up our own tradition. Won't that be fun? Yeah. And we'll leave you because you tell them to believe you because you know that you could put that aside and you could be, you could be better than, than being sad for kids at Christmas time. I grew up with a dad who was always sad at Christmas. He, he grew up, up in abject poverty in New York city. They moved many, many times. He really didn't like, like Christmas at all. He was very grouchy on Christmas. And I just couldn't do that to the kids. Cause it was hard that he was like grouchy, you know? And we had, okay, we had good Christmases. I think when we were kids, you know, it was limited. They didn't have a lot of money, but we didn't have tragedy like we experienced in the ALS families, you know? Um, so I guess all the other ones after that probably don't compare to that first Christmas. And so we'll have ALS families going through that for their first time this year. And and if you are, you need to look, um, you need to look for the, I'll share it. It's on Facebook, but I will share. If you're not on Facebook, just send us a message and I'll get in touch with um, the person who runs it. There's a Christmas, ALS Christmas families um, organization. And um, I know in years past, I've adopted a family. I'm not, I've take, I'm going to adopt, I'm going to donate some money but I'm not going to take on a family this year because it's been, um, I don't, I don't have it in me this year. So this is one of my boundaries in life. Like if you just feel like you can't give how you used to, that's okay. And so I, I just don't have it in me right now, but I'm going to um, donate a little bit of money towards it from my Etsy shop. Cause I've had some nice sales through my Etsy shop. So I'll donate that money there. I'm not, and I'll share that link. If you think it's going to be a really hard Christmas, this organization could help you out. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because it, it can be tough. I mean, I I think for us, we had such good, happy traditions, especially when trade came along. It was really important. Like Tom never told me no when it came to doing something for Trey. He was such a wonderful dad and wanted to have those, those Christmas memories. We used to do... Um, movies like I I was a trainer in my consulting um life and so I had a projector and so Tom had this brilliant idea of doing a movie outside using my projector and I'm like what are you talking about and where we used to live we lived on a cul-de-sac and so Tom would every Saturday like the Saturday and the first Saturday of December leading up to Christmas we would just park our stuff and do a movie outside. And it would always be kid related movies, right? Polar Express and, you know, the Grinch that stole Christmas and different things. And, and every weekend, that's what we were doing is having a movie night outside, hot cocoa, the whole thing. And we did that every year up until about when Tom was diagnosed and it became harder to set things up and do it after the diagnosis because he declined fairly quickly. So that was the, such the, the big difference for us is we used to go crazy out, you know, we would wake up in the, you know, early morning and put Santa gifts together and talk and have all these great times together. And then when, when he began progressing, it was on me and that was just really hard for me to do it, you know, sans Tom, mm -hmm. especially after he was tricked and vented, um, it just became harder and harder I mean, we did our best. I 
remember we did, um, you know, I had the Christmas palm tree that I bought because he had always wanted a palm tree Christmas from our days living in Guam. And so I made sure he had that. And so we just would go all out. We would buy our caregivers and our nurses matching pajamas. <laughs> and so everybody would have matching pajamas coming into Christmas. But last year, I'm going to be honest, it was really difficult to do it. I, I think maybe Trey had a few gifts. I was like, buddy, I'll give you money. I don't even have the energy it takes to get out and, and purchase gifts for you. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to do what you have to do to get through. That's what I needed to do to get through. Was it ideal? No. Did we survive it? We did. Mm -hmm. So we're going into this Christmas a little different. That's why I'm I'm taking the approach. I'm going to fake it till I make it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm putting it up. And I'll be honest, I walk around my Christmas tree and I do smile. I'm glad I have it up. Trey and I were able to talk about some of the ornaments. And, you know, I pulled out the uh, all the, the stuff that I'm going to dress my dogs up in that they hate the antlers and the Christmas glasses I stick on my dogs and mm -hmm. we'll start, you know, doing, we'll start doing some more fun stuff, but yeah, Christmas can be, it's different. Mm -hmm. You have to be open to the difference and be okay. If it's not the Facebook ready, Instagram ready Christmas that you see your friends having. Yeah. Or even, um, even if it compares to nothing you've ever had before and you feel bad, it's okay to feel bad about the holidays you know like it's hard and it's a hard disease you're it's a hard place to be in and it's all right to acknowledge your feelings about it but we are humans after all and so you know to the degree that you can do things that are good for you that's what you should do do what feels good to you that's my motto yeah and try not to do anything that is for other people's benefit you know, don't let other people dictate how you should. Because, I mean, we have well-meaning friends and family that like to say, well, you shouldn't be alone for this. You shouldn't be alone for that. Like, no, I have to do what feels right to me mm -hmm. in the moment. It may not be what you expect, but it's what I need. And that's, I think, you know, going back to this, what we've said multiple times throughout these podcasts is just giving ourselves grace. Yeah, that's probably our recurrent theme because, you know, with the hard days, so many, like every day can be a hard day. Yeah. And then some days can be, um, you know, sprinkled with some good laughter. You guys had, yeah. You had, you had and it's the, it's just the season too. I mean, everybody's happy. And sometimes you just don't feel happy mm -hmm. coming into these seasons. And that, that's okay. We have to, we have to get through it. But, you know, maybe, the goal is to find, you know, something small to be happy about. Yeah. Then the big question is, you know, what do you get somebody who has a terminal disease? That's true. What do you get? Them? What do you have? Anything they fucking want. That's right. All the cupcakes. <laughs> All the cupcakes. All the cupcakes they want. If All they want camera stuff, yeah, get them what they want. Get them exactly mm -hmm. what they want. And, you know, have it with them. <laughs> yeah don't have them sit up there on stage eating their stuff and if they can't eat it watch some movies together like well, and that's it it's interesting you know read a book to them or i don't know like 
I'm not really all that creative with other people. I only know what works here in our house with Tom. And I thought really hard about what should I, should I get him something for his birthday? A few years ago, I probably got him the best birthday gift that I could ever get him and I could never match it. And so I haven't even tried. I got him a, what's called a mirrorless camera. And I have one from Nikon that I bought this year for myself. And it's quite lovely and it's big and heavy, but this one is small and light. And for the longest time he could hold it himself. He uh -huh. still can himself, but man, he's awfully shaky now. But the mirrorless camera, because it doesn't have a mirror in it, is light by its very nature, by the building of it. And then it doesn't have the camera shake. And man, he, that was probably three years ago. He absolutely has loved that camera. And I really can't ever come close to that. So I don't try. I just take him to all the places he wants to go for his birthday. It's now about the memories. I mean, that's what we had to do when Tom was traked and vented for, you know, the three Christmases we had with him is that it, you couldn't buy, he, there was nothing I could buy him. Mm -hmm. You know, he couldn't use um, a gift card to a restaurant. He no longer could buy the fishing stuff for him. He loved, you know, that was always my standby barbecue stuff or fishing equipment. Mm -hmm. No longer. So we had to get creative and make memories, which is why we would do, you know, the palm tree Christmas tree, or we would have movie night in the room that he was in mm -hmm. and create memories, pajamas. I mean, that's sounds funny and silly, but that made for a whole afternoon of giggling about nurses wearing pajamas and Trey wearing matching pajamas. We had the dogs in matching pajamas, <laughs> but it just, you just start seeing, I think you just start seeing the importance of the memory behind something as opposed to the thing behind it. So, mm -hmm. So it wasn't as important of what to get someone. It's just what memory can we make out of this? And yeah. like last year for Christmas, we did, um, Trey and I just curled up in the master bed because um, there's a giant television uh, still in there from when Tom uh, was sick. I haven't moved it. And we watched um, like really non-traditional Christmas. We did the Die Hard movies. <laughs> you know, and, and the Chinese food. And we try, we were purposely trying to do things that weren't Christmas. Like that was our, our take on, on how we were going to get through is purposely doing things that were not Christmas related. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't watch some of the Christmas movies that I knew were Tom's favorite, a Christmas story, Tom's all time favorite Christmas movie out there. I mean, it would, cause you know, TBS shows it yeah. in a place 24 hours a day mm -hmm. uh, from on Christmas. That's what would play in our house in Christmas pass is a Christmas story. I could not bear to watch that movie mm -hmm. any. And so we didn't, we just, we did new stuff. Will that happen this year? I have no idea. We're going to play it by ear. We're going to see what feels right. That's the best you can do. Just play it by ear, you know, we're we'll yeah. happens. You know, you do a little bit of your planning. I, um, you know, I know some other ALS caregivers and and some of them are, you know, good. They're really developing their boundaries. They're saying what they can't take on and 
what they can take on, what they're willing to do, what they're not willing to do. And I think you have to be vocal about it because really, let's face it, nobody can read our minds. So if you don't say to somebody um, what you can and can't do, um, then they can't ever know that. They can just have expectations that things will be like they always were and they're not going to be that way. So um, it's easier for you if you do that. You just oh, I agree. Related to people, like this is what we need to do, but we're a long way from that in our family. We, I can just thinking, I'm just thinking about other families who are younger. You know, our kids are older, and our grandchildren do not live close to us. So, I have zero expectation that I'll see my grandchildren on Christmas, and because I have zero expectation, I'm not disappointed that I don't see them on Christmas because I already know that I'm not going to see them on Christmas. I saw yeah. on Christmas, oh, twice. We saw them twice and it was a surprise, not something they didn't surprise us, but it's kind of like a plan that it had unfolded kind of quickly and then it happened, but it's not a regular part of our life. So we see them, you know, in the summertime, we do our granny camp and stuff, but you know, we just don't see them like that. So that might not well, be. Well, that's an important point that about like setting the expectation. I think it's about setting the realistic expectation. Yeah. And again, not the Instagram worthy, Facebook worthy, Twitter worthy, or X worthy version yeah. of what you think other people want to see. It's the yeah. realistic version. Yeah, it is. And if you are always a share on Facebook about your life and or on Instagram or Twitter, and you know, it's okay to even say, you know, it's a hard Christmas or to stay away from it, you know, like use your good judgment on it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I shared a funny story in a group that I'm in, but it has nothing to do with Christmas, but it just was a funny story, but it's not for my regular Facebook page, you know, like, I don't think anybody would think it was really that funny, but I'm going to share it here. because you already know it, but I'm going to share it here. I thought it was funny. Well, I don't know if it would play well on my regular Facebook page. <laughs> Does it play well outside the caregiving community? Mm, I'm not sure. I don't even know. Like, I think some caregivers, non-ALS caregivers, would not did not think it was as funny as I <laughs> So I So Tom has, on the bottom of his foot, he has a huge callus that he has had forever. And it, it got black. So it looked like maybe, um, maybe that means, you know, like if the callus starts pulling away at the root of it, that there's bleeding in there. And because he is this type two diabetic that is on all the insulin, all the diabetes meds, it's a concern. So we brought him to the podiatrist and she said, you know, I think actually, yes, it's the callus is still there. I'll take that down some, but I think there could be some small warts in there. So I'm going to order a compounding, um, Forget what you call it. You can buy it over the counter, but this is stronger. It's salicylic a, acid. Yeah, salicylic acid. And so this is a stronger compound. I have to wear gloves when I put it on and everything. It's a cream and we have to let it dry. So he's sitting on the edge of his hospital bed, which is a pretty nice hospital bed. It's a Hill Rom hospital bed, all bells and whistles. He's sitting on it and he's completely naked because we just took a shower. And I'm sitting at the foot of it on a little... Um, a little bolster that I have. Well, I think you need to explain that the bed was in a certain position. No, it wasn't in that position yet. So oh, it wasn't. Okay. It was in a flat position. Okay. He was sitting on the edge of the bed and I was using uh, like an ottoman to sit on to get that on his feet. And he lays down now, but his head is, so he lays down and he's like, his legs are on the ground because he's letting his foot dry and he's 
lay, he lays down and his head is in the middle of the bed, basically, like that's where it lands. But he can't get up by himself. Like he's completely stuck because he can't get up by himself. And so I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, well, this is just bullshit, man. I'm never going to be able to get him up. I mean, as I said, my thumbs are not really in the best condition. So use mechanical advantage. So the smartest that I am, go go and get the remote for the bed. And I get it. I say, oh, well, put it in the sitting position. Because when <laughs> you put it in the full sitting position, it just like goes all on its own. It like cranks all up. And then the mattress starts going. And the seat starts coming up. The back starts coming up. And he starts slipping off the bed. He's completely naked. He starts slipping off the bed. And I can't like catch him. I can't grab his shirt because he doesn't have a shirt on. I can't do anything. The bed just keeps going into the sitting position. And so I get to the end of the bed and I start laughing so hard. I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. I usually only laugh with a few people like that in my entire life. My daughter is one of them. You and I have laughed pretty good at times. And, and he just looks at me and he laughs, but like, not really like me. He doesn't really laugh. <laughs> and the more he doesn't laugh. Well, he didn't get that view that you got. <laughs> the more I laugh because of the way it's like this glacial slide onto the floor. And he says to me, well, are you going to, are you really going to bring the Hoyer lift out? And I said, no way, dude. You fell right under the ceiling lift. <laughs> I could use that ceiling lift. And he said, I'm not getting in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did. I did manage to get him up, but man, that was a great story. This is the whole visual. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I won't win caregiver of the year for sure. No, but that's okay. I know. But these are the funny stories. See, I would have been telling my Tom, listen, we're just going to call the fireman. We're going to get a lift assist. And it would have been like, no. I tried to find any excuse to get a lift assist from the fireman. We've got nice looking firemen in Cedar Park. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, that may have been a threat sometimes. You know, Tom, if I accidentally dropped you, I could call for a lift assist. Yeah. He's like, no. Well, I don't recommend a repeat of that, but that's good. It was a moment there. So, well, so we hope everybody does the best they can through the holidays, whatever holiday it is that you celebrate. Yeah. And if you find anything that you can smile, then take it. Even if it's your bare naked husband sliding out of a your bed. Fighting on the bed. Well, years ago, he used to like buy gifts and then hide them, and then he wouldn't remember where he hid them because he had the encephalitis. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you yeah. would just like throughout the year find all these presents? Yeah, but we don't really- I've done that, and I don't have encephalitis. I hide gifts sometimes and forget about them. I forget about them. I found like a pair of gloves or something he bought me for running up yeah. in the attic one time. Like, what's he been doing in the attic? I think that just means I buy too many gifts if I forget where I. And then I don't even remember that I didn't give them. Yeah. Well, we're going to eat a lot of cookies this holiday for, we do celebrate Christmas. We are going to, um, we're trying to find another place that has a good takeout, Kate and I. So there. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Chinese. They're always, you can always get Chinese food. Well, I think he could have Chinese food now. I mean, with all the insulin. 
But he hasn't uh-huh. Chinese food in years because if you have, if you have a, if you're a diabetic and you have Chinese food, you, Jesus, you regret it. That glucose goes from like 100 to like 350 in no time with Chinese food. And maybe something to consider. Yeah. So we'll do stuff like that. We'll, um, I don't think we have any new traditions or anything in the last few years, but we just kind of go with the flow of however things are going around here. Yeah. I think we're going to watch Die Hard again. I kind of liked it. There you go. Kind of getting away from the more traditional Christmas movies to the more non-traditional Christmas movies. But we may actually do try to do a traditional meal this year. We didn't do that last year. I have a new gluten-free cookbook, holiday cookbook I need to try out. Well, there you go. And you could do it together, you know? Yeah. The grill master. Your grill yeah. master's son. Find something for him to grill. Yeah. Well, I don't have any um, I don't have any quotes or anything like that. So I'm not really that well prepared. But every week or every time, we don't podcast every week, but every time we uh we podcast, I'm a little bit deeper into my ALS caregiving. So I'm like a little less prepared. So, but I am running a sale in my shop right now. If you buy two items, you can get 25% off your order. So head on over there. I have sunflower seeds in, pa- in paper. They're small. They're like four by threes and you get two for $4. And the bigger sheets are $4, but you can get a lot of, a lot of plantings out of one sheet of my seed paper. So head on over there and do a little shopping for for your caregivers that come into your yeah. home. It's a Perfect gift because when they like sprout flowers, they'll be like, oh, I remember that I got this. Oh, that's from so-and-so. They're so pretty. Yep. Yeah. That's my really poor sales job, but whatever. Cottageatmerhaven.etsy.com. <laughs> we'll put a link in our Facebook, on our Facebook page. Yeah, sounds good. And um and head on over to Laura's um Tom's troops to read her latest blog about um how her how she struggled before she went into Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. If you need to read something and you're wondering if you what you're feeling is normal um about your grief, it's a good one to read. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. It's just again, it's just very sometimes it's good just to get things out. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll see you on the next podcast. See you on the next podcast. Bye, Mary. Sounds good.